Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, everybody. We uh, Our next guest really hits on the innovation side of, of uh, what we're trying to do at the Inspiring People in Places podcast. So we talk about part education, part innovation, part inspiration. You've heard me talk about the construction industry, AEC industry being archaic, expensive, complicated, and I think that we have a lot of room for innovation. So today's guest is going to talk to us about how their company has uh, introduced some innovation. Uh, So before I introduce him, I want to give you a little bit about him. I'm going to introduce Joe Benvenuto. Uh, Joe is with Lift Build Technology, and Lift Build Technology is a division, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, of Barton Mallow Construction. Uh, Lift Build Technology has revolutionized the design and construction process through a vertical manufacturing approach. It assembles traditional building components in a different sequence. Joe has led research efforts to refine and develop the lift build technology, transforming it to be more efficient in the field. He's navigated getting the technology to be accepted by clients, agency regulations, and trained team members, which is why I think innovation is so archaic or uh, is so hard and why our industry is uh, so archaic at times. He now focuses on validating the technology, documenting accomplishments, and analyzing lessons learned to revise procedures in real time. Joe and the lift build technology was recently on the cover of ENR magazine. Uh, so you may have seen him or his cover maybe sitting in the lobby of your office right now. Uh, Joe Benvenuto, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for the conversation today and, uh, hopefully give a little bit, uh, more insight of what we're about and in what we do. So looking forward to it and thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm, I, I am, I have a lot of hopes for this because, I think you're a proof of concept and we'll get into your actual proof of concept, but I think you're a proof of concept and lift build technology is of a company that saw an opportunity to innovate and, and develop a new methodology, new technology to help the industry. Uh, so I want to hear all about the journey of that. Before we do that, people need to know who Joe is. Sure. Uh, how'd you get into the industry? I know you've been with Barton, uh, Barton Mallow for, for some period of time, but talk to us about your education and, and your journey to this point. Sure. Um, yeah, construction or the interest in building has, has really been instilled in, in me from a, from a kid. It was always an interest of mine. Um, I had originally planned on a, on a career through architecture, uh, in the summer before going to school, to college for architecture, I actually began working uh, in the construction field. And through that little bit of two, three month engagement uh, became very clear that uh, I really liked what I was doing and I stayed what I was doing rather than going to pursue an architecture career. It's kind of interesting how that how that transacted, especially in, in to where uh, where I am today, and so had really started my career as a as a carpenter, as a union carpenter. I spent about 
uh, eight to 10 years in the trades. Significant portion of this was, was all with Barton Mallow uh, in our self-perform services, started as a, as a union carpenter. I had the opportunity uh, to kind of begin to grow my career through supervision and uh, at the time was traveling around on a lot of projects we had throughout the U.S., uh, and got great experience, great experience to different leadership, different companies, different people throughout the U.S. and really broadened my understanding of, 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 the, of the industry and, and how things get done throughout the U.S. Then from there, kind of, again, because of the, the, the organization that I work for and the opportunity that they provided to me, just my career began to grow into more leadership roles and then t- took on, headed up our inter- energy and infrastructure uh, division for a while. And then about five years ago, four to five years ago, Barton Mallow as an organization kind of came across this, this methodology of building buildings from the, from the top down. And, you know, about 10 years ago from now, Barton Mallow will be a hundred years old in 2024. And, and wow. 10 years ago, we set out with a goal of doubling our efficiency by our hundredth anniversary. That's a pretty lofty goal. Uh, and you know, people always ask, how do you measure that? Will you really, will you really get there? And, and that's highly debatable. Uh, what it absolutely did is, is drive a very deliberate effort to really transform the way we do business. Uh, and lift build is a, is a very good example of that lift build is a significant investment from time resources and capital to pursue that doubling of efficiency of, of, of how we deliver projects. So in 2017, uh, Lift Build was kind of was kind of born. I I, I joined the the Lift Build team in in late uh, in 17, maybe 2018, and have been with uh, the organization since then. And it's been, you know, really revitalizing and, and very motivating for me to take uh, what was then 20 years of experience of of doing something similar, you know, over and over again, and, and then just completely no pun intended, but turn that upside down and do something wildly different. And it's been uh, invigorating for me. So my first question is some visionary, some team of visionaries says, Hey, you know, let's put some moonshot out there 10 years from now to celebrate our hundred, hundred year anniversary. Uh, who was the primary champion or, or did that come out of a, an offsite session or how did that come about? Yeah. You know, our, um, our current president, Ryan Maybach is very, uh, very forward and dynamic thinking. And he is of the beginning to set those lofty goals, but also beginning to guide an effort to try and, uh, somewhat fulfill those goals, uh, on, on how we are going to do that and then be diligent about kind of keeping the path and, and serving that focus to make sure we're, we're doing what we say we're do, uh, we're doing what we set forth to do, I should say. Uh, so under his leadership is still, still today that the continuation of that effort, effort happens and, and lift build is now just one of, of many things that we have done as an organization and continue to strive for to, to really transform the way uh, we as Bart Mallow do work, but also transform the industry itself for the for the better of of everybody involved, all the stakeholders. It, the other thing I wanted to hit on, as you said, an intensive investment of time, resources, and capital, and and you know, reinvestment of profitability. I'm sure. How how was that managed? Who who was the the champion yeah. that said, "Hey, you know"? 
we we have to continue to reinvest and this is going to pay off, but it's not going to pay off immediately. Yeah, we we like to refer to ourselves as a as a startup within a larger organization. So we have the great opportunity to be surrounded by resources and necessary necessary it, it really advantages that we need to get something like this off the ground. But with that being said, it is a little bit of trial and error and and we are trying to develop something that has not been done before and it takes a we we had about a five to six person team that was focused solely on uh, the early years were more about research and development uh, we had to there's a concept uh, but you have to really do something with that concept and we kind of set forth to make sure we not only kind of achieved the execution of a concept but really make it significantly better uh, than it currently is. And, and that investment in engineering, a lot of that effort resulted in uh, about 14 U.S. patents that are now uh, being awarded on an international level as well. And we, we continue that pursuit as we, uh, as we go along. So that early, uh, the early stages was, was research and, and development. And just, you know, we, we like to refer to the automotive industry because we are really trying to turn the construction site into more of a manufacturing environment rather than the mass customization that we see in a construction project um, and their research and development that they would do on any automobile before you see it on the street is significant and and we're no you know we're no different than that we have to make sure that uh, we first and foremost make a safer workplace for our our trades we then uh, have to make it more efficient. And all of that is to really begin to capture value for our stakeholders. That's that's ourselves, that's our owners that we work for and everybody involved. And so the early years was about research and development leading up to, you know, this this proof this proof of concept, which you, you know, you refer to the ENR article, which is our first of first proof of concept here in the US. And so many questions come to mind. I mean, it had to be fun, you know, writing that whole process the one thing that you know i think is where innovation gets halted in our industry is clients and and agency regulations and and getting through that hurdle be and and it's mainly because it's, we're a risk averse industry yep. by our nature right we have engineers that are stamping drawings and talking about public safety we have owners that, you know, whether it's a, a bridge or a piece of infrastructure or a building that people are going to live in, like we, we are rightfully risk averse, which is the opposite of innovation. Um, so talk to me about the process of navigating those two dichotomies. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, you said exactly how I was going to start my answer is by nature, that's just not what we do, which is why our industry lags so very much. Um, and we have to kind of tackle that piece by piece. And there's a lot of different players in that, inclusive of your internal organization. Uh, even internally, we have to justify ourselves that we're ready to kind of disrupt what we're doing day in and day out. What LiftBuild did is provide a, a little bit of a, a petri dish, if I can refer to that, a, a small sample size to allow us to innovate and trial and error without completely disrupting the larger organization. So I think the, you know, that 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 siloed of, uh, approach of where you have a small team focused on developing something without uh, bringing in 
uh, disruption to the rest of the organization has has worked out very well for us. But then you had mentioned, uh, you know, I'll talk specifically to our experience here locally in Detroit with our first proof of concept. Uh, the education experience has to start very early and the efforts have to start very early uh, with local building department. Uh, we uh, mm. presented to them several times. I, and it's, it's always fun walking into that first meeting, telling people, we're going to build a building starting from the top down and they give you this really weird look. Uh, but then in, in a very short time of minutes, when you explain to them what you do and, and how you do it, the light bulb goes off and they immediately see the value uh, first and foremost with safety. So we went through that here locally with the building department and in Detroit, and they have been uh, fantastic partners of ours because uh, it's not easy. You have to educate and over-educate to get people very, very comfortable with what you're doing. Uh, we did the same thing, of course, from a safety perspective with your, uh, with Myosha. We, we had to form a, a really, really good partnership with them to educate them on all of the methodologies that we use, how we do it, and make sure uh, we're not in any violation and you know, making sure, of course, we're not uh, injuring people and we're sending them home in a, in a better way than they showed up that morning. And so it's a, it's just a lot of effort in education and it's a lot of effort in, in partnership. Uh, we, we're, we, we're not a, an organization or, or people by, by nature, the group that I work with that is going to force this upon somebody. It's, Hey, here's an idea. Here's how we, here's how we do it. And here's all the benefits that, that, it, that comes with it. And when, Usually, as soon as the, the, the people can get an understanding of what the benefits are, uh, they're willing to give you the time to listen. Now, the adoption of that, I don't think goes away. There, we, we will, um, you know, we're, we're gaining, we're getting close to the completion of our first proof of concept. But that type of experience, we, uh, I absolutely uh, would expect that we, we see that, we see that more. And, and again, that, that kind of leads to your point, even if you do it once, once, isn't enough for some people five times might not be enough. Right. And that's right. absolutely what kills innovation in our industry. If, if you get lucky and you do it once really well, sometimes that's enough. Some, sometimes it's not <laughs> right. That that's just the start of the journey. And you have to continue to chip away at that um, until you get kind of that familiarity in the industry and, and, a, and a more acceptance and adoption. The, the other thing that comes to mind is you're talking about, you know, you get proof of concept when you have a, let's call it a hundred hour widget that you're getting a proof of concept on, you can get, you can get some use cases pretty quickly and Hey, how do you like this new iPod? What the hell's an iPod? And right. you know, you distribute it and then you, you build some fanfare around it. When you're, when you're talking about 10, 20, hundred million dollar construction projects, like, wait, I got to be the first guy to try this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, you're, I'm, you're sure it works. Yeah. <laughs> So there, there, um, there came a time where we kind of heard that enough. We had pursued a lot of opportunities, and rightfully so, uh, we heard that several, several times, and understood like maybe you, it's going to take something different for us to begin to chip away at this adoption curve. That's why we uh, we are on both developer, sponsor, and contractor side on our first proof of concept, and and. There's a lot of efficiencies to be gained by that. We benefit from that uh, to make sure there's consistent uh, kind of direction and continuity in, in, in the building program and such. Uh, but it really took that type of investment as well to, to get through that adoption 
uh, barrier, if I could call it that, and begin to yeah, you've got skin in the game, right? Ex- absolutely. And then you know, then then you just kind of fast forward to that next conversation, and the next owner or or stakeholder may say, uh, "Hey, I'm 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 comfortable now. You guys have been through it. You've learned from it, and you've improved the process. And you know, let's go build a project." But there there will be some that uh, will not find you know, will not rest easy until they're you know maybe five or ten behind us, and so. Uh, we'll continue to do that, and we'll continue to kind of improve every time, uh, every day that goes by. We get better at what we do, and so this journey is uh, we're we're just at the starting line of this journey, in my opinion. Uh, and that that pre work and that research and development, this and this proof of concept can be kind of considered as that part of that research and development phase, which really never stops. Uh, but I think we're we're still at the starting line, which. Uh, is okay. That's exciting. That's exciting for us. And we'll start down that journey, a very exciting journey ahead of us for sure. So I, I want you to give us kind of the elevator pitch on what lift build technology is because the innovations I've, I, I, I think that they're probably the innovations that we've seen is modular is trying to be a manufacturer offsite, bring it on tilt up construction or precast concrete, similar uh, but you you use the term we want to turn the actual project site into a manufacturing site. So talk to us about what the what the technology and what the methodology is, and and give us the you know elevator pitch slash education as if we're the client. Absolutely. So our our sole purpose is is transform the way buildings get get built. Quite honestly, and and not only the as I had mentioned. Some people think lift build as a structural aspect. Lift build is a process. It's a technology. It's a different way of delivering projects. And that starts on, at the very inception. So in the, in a manufacturing phase, we, we want to turn this into uh, what we refer to as vertical manufacturing uh, rather than construction. And, and, and to do that, that doesn't just start with the assembly, so to speak. You have to address that in the design and you have to address that in the planning. Uh, And my team hears me say this every single day. uh, And it's the it's the sum of the parts. Our our success will happen when we can do every one of those things. Very, very good. Some of the things you mentioned, um, let's just say pods. That's that's one aspect. Uh, It might be panelized framing. That's another aspect. But what I like about our technology is it affects everybody. Uh, we try right. and bring that work that ha- that would normally happen at 200 feet in the air uh, at on a, a what we refer to as a factory floor, our assembly slab, and we'd like to get that work done at four and five feet off of the ground rather than 200 feet in the air. And that means that iron workers and plumbers and electricians and all of those trades have the opportunity to do that work in a much safer fashion, a more efficient fashion. And we capitalize on that. And so our, I feel like our technology really affects more of the job. And that has to start in the design phase. We, uh, we've we also invested a lot of time and research in uh, automated design. And we will use uh, automated design and iterative design to inform decision making and get to, a, get to construction documents significantly faster than we would in a conventional phase. Um, so it's affecting the whole life life cycle of the project, not just the construction. Tell, I, I'm trying to understand um, as we're talking automated design and how is that, how is that faster? Talk to us about that process. 
So any any engagement we would normally have with with an owner developer, they have a set of criteria. Some of them uh, might be constrained by building height. Some of them might just want a certain unit mix in a residential space. And uh, you can address that in several ways. And, and in a manual design, we would uh, go away for a few weeks, get a, get a conceptual or schematic design of a building. We would later come back and look at the performance of the building and alignment of that building to the performa uh, of the owner. And then uh, that would either maybe fit to a certain, to a, a certain perspective or, or not fit at all. And then we would go through that iteration that could take six, seven months in which design automation allows us to put in certain amount of inputs and objectives from our owner and criteria and through automated design can rapidly produce hundreds of options in seconds. And it takes Hmm. that months of design work and shrinks it down to minutes and hours to allow us to uh, make informed decisions very, very quickly. It's all about time. So we we don't want to spend two months on uh, pursuing something that just isn't isn't the right direction and it's not achieving the results that the stakeholders want. We can now get that answer very, very quickly, uh, as well as begin to develop a product that we can turn over to a design team and begin to execute. So we can wow. shave time off construction, but we can also shave time off of the design phase, which in the, the sooner, it, let's just use a residential building, uh, the sooner the, the the people are enjoying and sleeping in their unit, the better off they are and the, and the better off the performance of the project is. Yeah. I mean, time is money as they say. And if it's, if it's a revenue generating asset, which all assets are in some way, shape or form, whether you're a, a nonprofit or a public agency or a, 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 a education institution or a developer that is an investor and owner, to your point, you're activating that space that much faster. So you're saving time during construction, which is saving money, and then you're generating revenue faster because, again, whether the mission's activated or the or the revenue's activated, you're up and running sooner. Um, so yeah, I think innovation is anything that's better, smarter, faster. It sounds like you're faster. It sounds like you're smarter because it's safer. And it's easier for the trades to get in and out. Um, quality control is probably better. I always put safety and quality together. I've, I've never seen a job that was really, really safe, but the quality was terrible. Um, but yeah, anytime we put uh, work in an ergonomic height uh, and make the working conditions significantly better, we're working off of a concrete slab at all times rather than uh, walking through mud and ice. Um, That always will glean higher quality. We also rely on as much prefabrication and modularization as we possibly can to, to again, uh, make the the speed of the project uh, better, but also the quality of a a shop environment uh, rather than out on the site dealing with the with the weather and other things to get to get the product uh, as high as quality as, as we can. So it, it all it all plays together and the environment that we create, this manufacturing environment on the site uh, should lean itself to, to higher quality as well. So it, you probably have less lay down area needed so you can do this in in harder urban environments. It's absolutely narrowed to that very tough in in, in, in our first proof of concept, the exchange here in Detroit, is a perfect example of that we build lot line to lot line. 
there's uh, zero lay down, uh, heavy, uh, very herb, tight urban site. Uh, and, the, and the building really lean, uh, lends itself to that type of situation. And in a conventional building, uh, once you erected the first floor with steel, you completely block yourself out. Uh, in our situation, uh, we assemble a floor plate, uh, we lift it up into place, and then you're left with a, ride o- a wide open site again that you can kind of transverse through as needed. And the logistics of the site really, really benefit from this type of methodology. And you're basically working under that floor as if you're in a car garage. That's right. And then and then you lift the next one back up into place. Yeah, and it's very, very repetitious. Um, again, back to the just here in Detroit, we love to refer to the automotive assembly rounded the by assembly line. Create that assembly line. That's really our ultimate goal. And when we get specialists that understand, um, hey, on day two of our assembly, I know that my team needs to do this and this, this, and this by this hour. And we are on to the next thing. And and uh, the height of the building really helps us for that. If it's a repetitious process, if we can do it 30 times rather than three, uh, the, the better we will get by the time the, bu- the building is done and the faster we will get by the time the building is done. Hmm. So as the building goes up, I think our value and our efficiency actually increases. So the systems engineering me, we always talk about just in time, just in time delivery, just in time construction, just in time talent we've talked about on this show. How does that allow an owner or how allow the project has to be hedging a lot of these inflation and buying issues and, and uh, material delivery issues that that's going on all over the place? Yeah. And the, the whole, you know, I think we as an industry really need to rethink the whole procurement process. The, 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 over the past three or four years, we really learned a lot and the volatility and what we're dealing with, with not only just pricing, but availability for what that we would spend a week or two weeks trying to get sometimes is taking 20 weeks. And that as a whole, this just doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's not just lift build, but the industry as a whole, the country as a whole, quite honestly, uh, not to not to get into to politics, but we need to really rethink our reliance on, on where some of this is coming from, because we're all impacted by it, right? I, and And more that we can deal with it as a partnership, a team, an industry, an alliance, the less it's about shifting some uncontrollable risk to one party or the other. I mean, it's, everybody has to realize that it's a reality. It's not, you know, and, and we're dealing with it in the DOD, uh, on, on military construction projects. I mean, it's, it's a big issue. So I, I feel free to rant on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we, and we do rely a lot on, on lean methodologies and success like if we're not going to use prefabrication or modularization, at a minimum, we like to rely on a kit of parts. Uh, if you know, on any given, let's just let's just talk structural steel. If we're erecting structural steel, at a minimum, the bolts for that connection are labeled in a bucket, and they're coming out to site specifically for that connection. I don't have iron workers going to a pallet or container full of bolts. Uh, that are across the job site, not labeled, not assembled in a manner that they can assemble that very quickly. We have to do the bare minimums. If we can't do the very big things of, uh, sometimes we see you know buildings that have huge volumetric uh, prefabricated modules, and that's great. But if we can't do that, then at, at least a minimum, let's organize the work in a really, really sophisticated manner uh, to make those tradesmen and women uh, safer and faster. Uh, that's really what we, we should do. So, so a lot of this goes into the planning and the approach towards the work on top of the, you know, the structural nature of building the building from the top down. You have to 
back to the sum of the parts, you have, you have to do all of that really well. If we want to get all the value out of, out of the system. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. So automated design... The, the thing I'm thinking, you know, I'm, right now I'm just analyzing who's objecting to this, right? Everybody gets in and out of projects faster. We get more done as a society. It's productive. It's, it's buildings are getting built. Owners are happy. Everybody's saving money because you don't have labor on the site for as long a period of time. They're more efficient. I, I don't know, you know, I think you said Bartomello was trying to be 50% more efficient, right? Double our efficiency by our hundredth anniversary. Yep. <laughs> I think architects are going to. Yeah. Well, it's it's people like you and I that are risk adverse, right? Uh, and everybody can see the value, but is it enough to be? I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm sold. <laughs> is it enough to be serial number one or serial number two? And we see this from everybody. It's it's also even the insurance carriers, right? Uh, you have to be conscious, wow. of them. and there's and there's a there's an education piece there. Um, I, you know, I will say I, we couldn't ask for better partners on our first proof of concept. It took a lot of effort educating, but ultimately we got there as a team, and and we kind of set forth as a as as a group of partners with one objective, which is you know make this project uh, really really uh, successful. And and I think and we've done that, but it it is um, we're not going to get rid of the uh, the same. <laughs> the same nature that's built into you and I, that it takes a little bit, it takes a little bit of effort, but like anything, it just, it takes somebody that is willing to grind this thing out for a couple of years until we can get over that adoption. And it, and it will, and it's, it's in different pockets. We may run up, uh, run against a, uh, an opportunity that uh, maybe an architect has already been assigned that really doesn't, doesn't like it, or it could be the project stakeholder from an ownership perspective. It could be the building department, right? We may we may walk into a city that has a really good plan and an approach to a project that everybody has bought into, yet the building department uh, potentially is just not comfortable with it, and and that's okay. Uh, that's that's our job to begin to educate and get and try and get through that. Yeah. When when is the exchange supposed to be activated? Certificate of occupancy. Yeah. So you have all this uh, you know, mid mid summer, early summer this year, and and then it's uh, you know it begins to turn our focus on 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 a much higher broad commercialization of of what we're doing. We've we've learned a lot, and that was really our sole focus on exchange. Build it really the best we can, and learn uh, just a whole bunch, uh, and make sure that we take those lessons learned. And we implement them and continuously improve the system. And uh, the, the team on the site is, has, has really done a good job at that. They really have. So is this a proprietary product that Barton Mal is only going to keep? Or are they going to sell it to other general contractors once once it's been adopted? Yeah, How is no, that going our, our intention is to really scale this on our own. Will we, will we get an end? And by nature... Uh, we're a company that puts a lot of value in partnerships. So will we uh, strategically have partners as we expand throughout the U.S. and beyond uh, because it makes sense in those geographies? Sure. Uh, what we won't do is it's it's not our intention at this time to begin to 
to sell this off to other people to execute. It's just, it's, it's too much. There's too much involved, right? It's not something you pick up and do really, really well the first time. I think we need to, to maintain and safeguard uh, these methodologies and the way they're deployed and the way we improve them kind of need to hold on to this one for a little bit. Yeah. You can't turn on a YouTube video and figure it out. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, I, that wouldn't be my suggestion. Not at all. You can just, going to have a lot, you know, get, bring a lot of aspirin. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all about inspiring people in places. Uh, this is certainly inspiring to me, seeing innovation, seeing a company that, that really pushed R&D and, and pushed themselves to, to come up with uh, something that changes the game. And it looks like, you, you know, you're almost there with a proof of concept in the ground, uh, in construction, going well. Uh, I want to give you the last two minutes to to spread the word and and sure. uh, close us out. Yeah, in our first proof of concept, we we have completed all the lifted floors. First and second level of the building is built conventionally, uh, just because it's a it's a large, it's about twice the size of the of the tower. The podium is is more expansive than tower. So sitting here today, our lifting is done. Right, job done. Like where's the, where's the next one? Uh, and all of that has has went really well. We've learned from it. We had an initial objective of about a 10 working day cycle time on each floor plate. Uh, we thought we would get there around the 13th. This is a 16-story building. We thought it would take us four or five, three to five floor plates till we got there. Um, our best floor plate that we had was nine days. So we, we actually exceeded our goal. What does that tell us? That tells us that the system is going to to meet or exceed what we thought it was going to do. Uh, also tells us we had a you know really good team on site executing the job, of course, and it takes that. But we, we're excited about the future. We're excited about what the system has shown us, what we've learned from it, and the lifting is behind us. So from, from here on out, it's conventional building and uh, we have a pretty pretty bright future. It's now taking those lessons learned. Let's, let's keep improving the system. And uh, you know, 10 years down the road, it'll, it'll be uh, lift build 2.0, 3.0, and it, it, it'll look even better than that. And we have some pretty long, pretty lofty long-term visions on, on what it may look like in the future as well. And, and, and taking a, a concept and even making that more grand and, and making more of an impact on the industry. Uh, so that's what we're we're setting out to do, and we're gonna we're gonna touch all aspects of the of the project life cycle. You know, I, I take a little bit of offense to that because my life has been in the construction industry, and we're and we're setting in dead last for innovation. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna we're gonna walk the talk, so to speak, and and make a difference here. That's awesome, Joe. Where can people get in touch with you, or 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 talk more about you know potentially partnering with you in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is a good is a good landing spot. Uh, there's ways, there's channels to to connect with uh, with me and my team through that website, and and uh, would encourage everybody to do so. Uh, we always, if it's a partnership, if it's a building, if it's uh, having a conversation, we we get a lot of interest, uh, just wanting to learn more, and and we do that as well because we're. You know, we're here to, to, of course, help our organization, but we're here to help the industry as well. And the more alliance we can get to that, I think the better off we are. So probably our website's the best place, but look forward to hearing from Perfect. you. Perfect. more. Joe Benvenuto, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for what you're doing and uh, best of luck with the uh, CO. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People in Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review 
and share this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.